Not much, but it could be a life form. Move the ship out of the asteroid field so that we can send a clear transmission. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're perfectly welcome, sir. Geekiest show ever, number 30, celebrating the 30th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. Your host this week is Tim Robertson. And me, Chad Perry. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Captain Solo, do you copy? This is overweight pilot number one. Commander Skywalker, do you copy? Who are you looking for? Captain Solo, there you are. I'm sorry, I didn't copy that. Who are you looking for? Uh, Carlos Spicy Wiener, do you copy? Carlos Spicy Wiener here, go ahead. And welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, number 30, Chad. Tomorrow as we record this, and when most people hear it today, Mm -hmm. 30th anniversary of the release of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Which is quite apropos, considering it's our 30th geekiest show ever. It, I, you know, I didn't even recognize that to just right now. Yeah, very good. You got a little sun on your face, it looks like, by the way. Yeah, I've been out uh, pushing the lawnmower around. So. Yeah, that's always fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, 30 years ago, I was 10 years old. And, and I was uh, probably 11 or 12. Yeah. We were around the same age, though. Yep. I mean, for us, Star Wars had come out in 77, and it... it like a lot of kids of our generation, it took it took us by storm. I mean, it, it changed my life. It really did. And, I mean, here I am still, all these years later, I'm still talking about it. And I still read the books. I, I mean, it has a huge cultural influence on me personally, and I know it does for you too. Right. And do you remember the suspense building up to seeing The Empire Strikes Back? Absolutely. And I think the thing that struck me is, you know, when you were a kid and you left Star Wars, you felt like things were resolved for happily ever after, except for, you know, Darth Vader was tumbling through space somewhere in his, you know, Darth Vader. They didn't kill off the bad guy. Right. Yeah, he was still alive. You knew that. But the Death Star was gone and and the Empire didn't seem like a threat anymore. But yet, here we are in, uh, I remember in 1979 or so, at some theater, watching, getting ready to watch some movie. And I saw the trailer for Empire Strikes Back. And I remember, I mean, trailers back then were pretty corny compared to nowadays. Right. But we didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And I remember it it just blew me away. I was just like, oh, my God, there's going to be another Star Wars movie. And the, the title itself, we knew what the Empire was, The Empire Strikes Back. That, just the title itself really intrigued me. And for probably nine months before I actually got to see the film, it, it just gnawed at me. Is, is this the film that the the Empire is they're going to get? The rebels are in trouble. Luke and Han and and Leia and oh my God, Darth Vader. He remember he didn't die. You know, I was so excited. And um, but I remember sitting there in the theater opening day, and that crawl started up that we remember from the first movie, and here it is again. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Episode uh, Episode Five, and I remember just this electric thrill went through my entire body, and I just could not believe I'm seeing another new Star Wars film. Yeah, and that's exactly how I felt. And of course, my one of my best friends, Gordy, got to see it before me, so he kind of spilled some of the beans on it. But you know, when you're tw- when you're 11, you never get all the details of the movies. So. No, no, absolutely not. I remember, um, you know, spoiler alert, 
come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 30 years ago. Yeah, if you don't know how it ends by now, then you're listening to the wrong show. Um, the end of that movie, when Vader says he's Luke's father, do you remember the deep conversations that you had as a preteen with your friends? Is it true? Was he lying to mess with Luke? Could he be Luke's dad? Exactly. I yeah. mean, it, it blew everybody away. It was a huge surprise, and it just, oh, it, it can't be. It's That's Darth Vader. He's the bad guy. He can't be Luke's dad. I remember just being so, and then it wasn't too long after that we knew that the next movie is going to be coming out, obviously. Yeah. And what we're going to see, how long we're going to have to wait, which was, what, 1983, so two years. Um that was probably the longest two years of my life between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just was. But that being said, I, I still think, and I've said this many times on the show before, The Empire Strikes Back is the best of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. What Do you, yeah. do you by, think? No, absolutely. By far, it is the best movie. Uh, I think it was the best acting. I think it was the best writing. I think it was a great storyline. Talk about leaving you hanging. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end, Han's frozen in carbonite. Yep. And Boba Fett has him. And he's going somewhere to see Jabba. Luke's got an artificial hand. And found out that the ultimate bad guy is his dad. Yep. We also find out, though, in Empire that Vader isn't the main bad guy. That there's somebody above him, which you never got in the first movie. No, you always assume that he was the one who was running the Empire. Right. And then in this movie, right at the beginning... Well, almost, you find out that he 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 answers to someone called the, the Emperor. Emperor, and uh, you only thing you ever see is this big cloaked head talking to Vader, and you're like, "Whoa!" Well, Vader, who's just a badass, isn't the number one badass. How bad is this other guy? And we also get a look at Vader's head. Yeah, which, which we we're all like, "Ew!" <laughs> but we were intrigued. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, I just remember Empire had such a a profound and lasting effect on me. I mean, it really showed me that a movie could end on a not happy note. Because if you think back, up until that point, most movies, by the time they're over, even sequels and stuff, always had kind of a, okay, it's over, and the good guys usually win. It's very rare movies where the protagonist, you know. Yeah. So... None of that happens in this movie. You're just completely left hanging. Like, oh, my God, how could they possibly get out of this? Yeah, but on the positive side, you knew that you were going to see another Star Wars movie because somebody had to rescue Han Solo. Well, I took it as a positive, even though everything ended badly for the heroes at the end of this, which I guess we shouldn't have been surprised with the name of the movie, The Empire Empire Strikes Strikes Back. Back. Yeah. Um, I remember, because I was big into the toys, I mean, I, the Star Wars toys were my favorites. And the second time that I went and saw it, which was like, I don't know, a couple hours later. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it was the same day I saw it yeah. twice. Um, and, you know, the funny thing was the second time I watched it through, I think I enjoyed it even more. Because I knew it was coming, but I had seen it just so – just a few minutes ago, really, that it was still fresh. But yet, oh, yeah, this part. Oh, yeah, this part. Right. Um but the second time watching it through, I kept watching it thinking, I'm going to get that figure. I'm going to get that one. I want that. When I saw the At-At Walkers, I want that figure. Yeah. I mean, that was... Oh, who didn't want one of those? Oh, though? It was it was amazing. Um, but, but the Star Wars figures for me were just... A, it was such a huge deal. 
you know. And watching the movie, I kept thinking, I'm going to use this character in this way. Because to me, Boba Fett was so cool. And this is the first time we get to see Boba Fett. Yep. And I thought, he's too cool looking to be a bad guy. This is one of the rare times that I thought, that's I want him to be a good guy. I remember I used to have the Luke Skywalker character, and that was the good guy. And he would hide and then change into his badass outfit, and he'd come back as Boba Fett. (laughs) 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 That in in my little Star Wars playtime universe, Luke killed Boba Fett and then took the armor. So he would go the other way, and when no one was looking, he would come back and face Vader in his Boba Fett outfit. Oh, there you go. So then he had the Force and the rocket, and (laughs) plus he was so much cooler. And let's be honest, the Luke Skywalker character... The figure up until um, the last movie was kind of boring. I mean, he always had this stupid white tunic, tunic. and yeah, it's just yeah. The brown boots, and uh, you know, Vader at least looked imposing. Luke looked mm-hmm. like Ken, basically. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until you got the Return of the Jedi figures where he's all in black and he has a black hand with a glove, and yep. he was cool looking then, but until then, he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. You get the orange pilot Luke or <laughs> yeah, that's true I forgot about the orange pilot Luke yep um, but also in this movie it, it was the first movie where I knew it was a Muppet I knew Yoda wasn't a real character mm-hmm. but I completely bought into the character immediately yeah I mean I, I can't really think of another movie who had a puppet a literal puppet that I was I believed in so much even to this day can you think of any puppets in any movie that you were just like, yes. I mean, yeah, of case we got Kermit and stuff like that. But I'm talking... Well, I mean, Henson did the Dark Crystal, but that was all done with Muppets, and you all knew they were Muppets, even though even though it was very well done. But it was still Muppets, and you right. knew it. Right. There was no, it, it wasn't like Yoda. I mean, Yoda had those eyes yeah. that were so expressionate mm-hmm. and little facial tics that you would see. Yep. The way his ears would kind of move a little bit as he's talking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was just because they were rubber. But right. he, he just had a presence about him. Um, it doesn't hurt that the first time you see him, he's kind of a jokester. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets serious, he's the one that lifts, using the force, Luke's X-Wing out of the swamp. And yep. Luke's like, that's impossible. And, of course, you, you know what he says then. Well, and, of course, really the, one of the best scenes with Yoda is in his hut where he starts talking to Ben Kenobi. And Luke doesn't know who he is until that moment. Right. And you see a different side of the character at that yeah. point. And it's just that where he lifts up and his eyes lift up and, you, and there's just a total different expression on his face. Yes, absolutely. And, and you're like, that's a puppet, you know? Yeah, but yet it wasn't. I mean, the voice, the mannerisms, mm-hmm. the way he held his cane, the way he kind of hobbled when he walked. Yeah. It was such a real character. And I don't think I've ever seen that level of believability in a Muppet. In a Muppet. Yeah. Since then. Of course, only Frank Oz, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Frank Oz. Yeah. That's Yoda. But yet, it was so... And now we, we, go, we skip ahead a couple decades. We get episode one, and Yoda's in episode one and episode two, but I didn't believe the Yoda in those episodes. I really didn't. It, it wasn't my Yoda. He looked different. Well, CGI. But But it just didn't do it for me. It was less believable to me than the Muppet Yoda, and I don't know why. I mean, they look the same pretty much, 
same well, voice. Yeah, but I I think one of the things that you got to think about with the pre with episode one and two is you're seeing a, a Yoda who's you know certainly you know seven hundred eight hundred years old, right. but I think to some degree is is a little more innocent as far as what can go wrong. I mean, understanding that he's a Jedi, he's a Jedi master, he needs to be aware of what's going on, he needs to use the Force to figure out, chase down the bad guys. But, you know, he never foresaw anything of the level of what happened in Episode 3. Right, absolutely, because then everything's just destroyed. Everything. The Jedis, the, the, the entire government now has been... Uspered by a galactic empire. I mean, yeah, it's basically, different. you know, he splits off, goes to Dagobah. Obi Wan has to take Luke to his aunt and uncle, or actually his, yeah, his aunt, yeah, and, his uncle. aunt and uncle. Um, the, or the Organas take Leia, but yeah, you know, I've always had kind of problems with the way Episode Three ends. Why did Yoda go into seclusion? I never understood that. They, he never really gives a clear answer on why he has to go hide now. And then, okay, he goes and hides because he knows he's eventually going to train one of the new Jedis. Well, he 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 had the Emperor on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Kenobi at that point was at the top of his game. He was General Kenobi from the Clone Wars. Yeah, and really he probably could have, you know kicked Anakin into the, into the lava and finished him off. Right, but he didn't. Right. Why didn't he do anything after that point? Why did both Yoda and Kenobi go into hiding? And they, the next time he finally faces Vader, as far as Kenobi goes, he's an old man, mm-hmm. and he has no chance, and he sacrifices his life so the kids can get away. Right. But it, it, just, it never... I completely believe that the first time I saw Star Wars, but it's less believable after you see who Ben Kenobi was and what a mm-hmm. badass he was, especially if you watch the Clone Wars cartoon. That Ben Kenobi is a Jedi right. badass. I never understood why he just went into hiding. I mean, if Luke pretty much by himself can change the course of destiny, or change the course of history by defeating both the Empire, uh, Emperor and mm-hmm. Vader... Why couldn't Kenobi do that? Why couldn't Yoda? Why didn't Yoda and Kenobi team up and take down Vader and and the Emperor? They were more powerful, obviously. I mean, right. Kenobi had already beat Anakin. I mean, chopped him in half, practically. Right. And he wasn't more powerful as Vader than he was as Anakin Skywalker. Yoda already showed that he could beat the Emperor. So why didn't they team up and go after him? I never understood that. Why do they stay in hiding? Prophecy? Well, they're, the prophecy they just followed got the, you know destroyed everything, so right. they couldn't put too much faith in that. I don't know. There were so many unanswered questions. And I never thought of it that way, but you're right. There are some unanswered questions because, you know, Yoda was the most powerful Jedi. Yeah. And Kenobi. Light or dark. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and Kenobi already beat Vader. Yeah. So... I don't understand why they just didn't do anything. Okay, they have a whole army, granted, but still. I mean, we're, are we to believe that at the end of Episode 3, when he goes to Dagobah, Yoda, mm-hmm. and Kenobi goes and hands off Luke, 
that they never leave those planets. They never come out of hiding for, what, 25 years? Yeah. Well, that's true, though, because I think if there's a line from episode four where they talked about, you know, Ben Kenobi being some crazy old hermit who lives up in the desert, you know, but, and that was really, you know, Uncle Owen just trying to keep Luke away from him. Because he knew who he was. Right. Because he knew who he was. And I think there was also an understanding that he was real, that Kenobi was really there to protect Luke. Right. Absolutely. But yet there was no real protection for Leia. He was sent off with a senator who's really going to be in the spotlight. Well, in fact, she becomes a senator herself. Right. But I... I and, Where she and, has to deal with the emperor and Vader. Yeah, but did Anakin know he was having twins or did he just know he was having a kid? Just knew he was having a kid. Yeah, which I, I can't believe that in, in you know they they can't at least have one decent ultrasound machine on Coruscant, but you know. Well, when she's when she dies and she's having her funeral, mm-hmm. she still has the big belly. Yeah. When the funeral procession progre- proze- procession is going past. Mm-hmm. Now Vader's not there, but you figure he saw video of it, right? Yeah. And she's got the belly, so she was still pregnant when she died. She never had the kids, as far as mm-hmm. he's concerned. So in that respect, okay, they're hidden, but still. He stays to protect Luke. Who stays to protect Leia? And, in fact, she's really hiding right out in the open. And that may have been the whole plan to begin with, is to hide her out in the open where no one's going to assume who she might be or even, you know, deduce who she might be. By the same token, we have Luke living with his family. Right. Vader's family. <laughs> Which is really, in some respects, the perfect place to hide him because... So they're both the, hiding out in the open. Right, because but uh, Tatooine's a perfect place because it's the last place that Anakin wants to go back to. Got huge bad memories. Yeah. But still, he's it's not very difficult to find. And he's going by the name Skywalker the whole damn time on Tatooine. Yeah. Well, it's not like Anakin's going to call up, you know, Owen and Beru to see how they're doing, you know? <laughs> but still. But still. Yeah. It's so it's a g- perfect hiding spot, like you say. So, why did Ben Kenobi have to stay there and look after Luke? Because he never teaches him anything until after his aunt and uncle are dead. Unless and that on the was way the master to, plan to begin with, is that when he was old enough to figure it out, he would he would find his way to the Force and yeah. or whatever. And, on the way to Alderaan, when he says, Oh, by the way, yeah. your dad was a great Jedi warrior, and here's a sword, and yeah. put this helmet on and try to swat this round bug. Mm-hmm. And that, there, here's the Force. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so many flaws in logic, especially with Kenobi being really good at tactics. And uh, along, I mean, he was a general for mm-hmm. a reason, not just because he was a Jedi, but he was really good at leading. And strategizing. And yet, he just goes into hiding forever. Unless that was part of his strategy. Yeah, well. Yeah, him and Yoda's strategy, perhaps. I have no idea. So it's the 30th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I do not believe they've come out in Blu-ray form yet. But I have to... I saw something online that says they're going to sooner rather than later. And I'll buy all six movies in Blu-ray. Yeah. I will. I mean... Yeah. I have to. <laughs> I know. And I'll watch them again. And I I think, though, of, of all six movies, I've seen The Empire Strikes Back the most, followed by Return of the Jedi. Um, just because I liked... 
I like those two movies for the longest time more than the first Star Wars movie. Right. Because they didn't seem as dated to me, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed them. I know there was a lot of problems with The Return of the Jedi. A lot. Right. Um, I never hated the Ewoks. I always thought it was kind of a clever idea that here's a super sophisticated, unstoppable empire that's really brought to their knees by the most primitive and small of creatures. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that dichotomy. But... I, I don't know. I always kind of liked it. I liked the character of Lando, how he kind of stepped up. Yeah. I, I liked the, the fact that the Empire was planning ahead all this time and had another Death Star mm-hmm. under construction. I liked how it was the Emperor who kind of lured the Rebels in when the Death Star is ready to go and it's complete. Right. Um, I liked the fact that they captured the bad guys on the Centurion moon, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And that everything looks like, oh, my God, the, the heroes are going to lose this. And, of course, it's Luke who basically saves the day. Right. And Lando, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I always liked The Empire Strikes Back, but I also liked Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But not as much as Empire. But there was a lot of fun things about Return of the Jedi. I mean, this is the first time you actually get to see Jabba the Hutt. Yep. And was, the Emperor. And the Emperor. Yep. And the whole, you, you see them seducing Luke to the dark side, but... Yet, he resists completely, and mm-hmm. he, he wins at the end. But he really doesn't. It's Vader who wins. Well, and, of course, you've got the other big reveal, which is... Leia. And his yep. sister. Yeah. And uh, you see that Han and Leia are going to be together. Yeah, they resolve the love triangle they set up in uh, episode two. And it's an exciting movie, I think, the whole thing. It begins on the um, on Tatooine. Yeah. And I, that's kind of fitting, because that's where the first movie began. Well... Uh, at least in space above Tatooine. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I always enjoyed The Empire Strikes Back, but I also enjoyed Return of the Jedi, and a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's a horrible movie. I think it's still better than the three newer movies. Yeah. Now that I'm not so I've, close to episode... I liked episode three a lot, but really, no, just, oh, I can't get past that. I really can't. It's no. just It's just a wretched moment that ruins a lot. I mean, we finally see Vader, Mm -hmm. and basically the first thing he does is scream no. Mm -hmm. Eh, I never bought that. Hmm. Well, yeah, it did kind of weaken the character. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) So, as a celebration of Star Wars, Chad, other than this episode, in, uh, what is it, July? Yes. We've got some uh, fun. We're going to go see Star Wars live in concert. Now, if you guys haven't checked this out, go to just Google search it, Star Wars Live in concert. And uh, they have a website set up, and basically it's a live orchestral performance of the best music from all six of the Star Wars movies. They have this huge screen behind it where they show the scenes where those movies or, or where that music played. Um, I know there's some kind of a laser show thing that goes with it. It's a huge. And props. And pro- yeah, and that's the other thing. You get to see the actual props that were in a lot of the movies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't get to touch them because, you know. Yeah, but you can see the props. You can see the costumes. Um, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, hosts the event. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the MC. Everybody that I've talked to or heard, uh, a good friend of mine named Mark went and saw it in Orlando, Florida. And this is kind of what led me to want to go see it. as well. I mean, I wanted to see it, but I didn't realize it was coming here. I thought... We we would be stuck going to Chicago. Yeah, and I don't know. didn't really want to go that far to see right. it. I did, but I didn't. Um, 
But I saw Mark Thornton had posted some pictures on his Facebook page, like 60 pictures from the event. Mm. And they're all pretty, you know, crappy cell phone blurry pictures. Well, because you can't have a flash. Right. And yeah. for good reason. Right. And uh, But I kind of looked at him a little bit, and I was like, oh, I really want to go to that. I'm so jealous, Mark. And then I thought, on a lark, well, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to come around. If it went to Orlando, it, it might be coming a little closer to here. And, of course, I see on, what is it, July 11th? I think that was the date. Chad's looking at the ticket underneath my iPad. That is um, July 14th. Yep. Wednesday, July 14th at 7.30 p.m., Van Andel Arena, Grand Rapids, Michigan, about a, a little bit more than an hour drive. Yeah. I, we're going to be there. Already bought the tickets. They're 60 bucks each, plus like $7, $8 for the Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Ticket yeah. Yeah. You got to pay Ticketmaster. P.S. Um I, I'm looking forward to going. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be fantastic. And let's be honest, if you're a Star Wars fan, you kind of got to go to something like this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to a Star Wars convention, per se. I kind of do, but you I kind of don't. I've seen the conventions, and yeah, they look like fun, but to me, I I can't get into getting in costume. And I can't. It takes the geekiness mm-hmm. to another level. Well, we're on a geekiest show ever, so True. we should be right in there. Yeah. But. It just it takes it to a level that, as a forty year old man, I'm just not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> I mean, what are we going to be the the chubby Star Wars troop uh, stormtroopers? <laughs> uh, no, we will be overweight pilot two and three. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you guys don't know, the last bit of uh, Star Wars music and sounds that we played in the intro was from something 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 Dark Side from the Family Guy. Yeah. Which I hate Family Guy, by the way. I, I, know I detest do. the show. Um, and I've, I, you can't say that I didn't try. I've watched probably 10 episodes altogether. I just cannot get into it. No. It's just like, oh, this is just horrible. But yet the two Star Wars spoof movies they have are just really fun, really good. They're not as good as Robot Chicken. But, right. But the family guy actually follows the entire movie from start to finish, whereas Robot Chicken is just kind of – Snippets and things yeah. and just goofs on what happened behind the scenes. <laughs> just anything. Yeah. I mean, like the Empire or the Emperor when he's getting the telephone call from Vader who's basically spinning around in a ship still. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I must smell like burnt leather in the feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's making fun of Vader to the yeah. guy sitting across from him. Um, in fact, that's so funny. Let's listen to that real quick. So I threw the Senate at him. <laughs> The whole Senate. True story. Oh, my God. That is so funny. You made it come out of my nose. (laughs) Go for Papa Palpatine. You have a collect call from... Darth Vader. I I gotta take this. Hold on. Vader, how's my favorite Sith? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just slow down. Huh? What do you mean they blew up the Death Star? Oh, who's they? What the hell is an aluminum falcon? Okay, okay, so so who's left? Are you me? Well, where are you? Wait a sec, you've been flying around for two weeks trying to get a signal? Oh, you must smell like feet wrapped in leathery burnt bacon. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I thought my Dark Lord of the Sith could protect a small thermal exhaust port that's only two meters wide. That thing wasn't even fully paid off yet. Do you have, do you have any idea what this is going to do to my credit? Oh, hang on, I got another call. What? I'm very busy right now. Oh, oh, well, well, where are they going? Huh, all right, um, 
Just get me a turkey club. Uh, coleslaw, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna eat it. What, 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 what are you getting? Ah, yeah, see, I, I always order the wrong thing. No, 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 I'll just stick with that. Okay, bye. Wait, what? Oh, uh, cherry coke. Thanks. Sorry about that. What? Oh, oh, just rebuild it? Oh, that, a real, real f***ing original. And who's gonna give me a loan, jackhole? You? You got an ATM on that torso light bright? Now get your seven-foot-two asthmatic ass back here, or I'm gonna tell everyone what a whiny bitch you were about Patamame or Panda Bear or whatever the hell her name is. Oh, jeez, he's crying. <laughs> hey, 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 come on, come on, don't do that. Just, just, uh, look, I, you know, I'm just dealing with a lot of crap right now. Death Star blown up by a bunch of f***ing teenagers, you know, I didn't mean to snap. Uh, okay, uh, ju just get back here. Okay, okay, bye. I, yeah, I, I love you too. Oh my god, dude, that is so funny. Yeah, that is that is Seth brilliant. Green and yeah, the, I that's that I think that's my favorite of all the little spoof things they do. That's just brilliant. That is probably the best one, and I think the second one was uh, the dude that got his arm chopped yes, off. Yeah, <laughs> he was having such a bad day. Yeah, I know, and, and the guy's interpreting what he's saying wrong. Yeah. What I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like they're jacking with him in the bar. Yeah. I know. <laughs> He doesn't like your face. I didn't say that. His face is fine. <laughs> he gets his arm chopped off. I know. <laughs> and he gets fired because he can't do drafting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. So, anyways, though, um, let's get off Star Wars a little bit before we. I mean, we're approaching a half hour here, and we don't need to go a full hour or anything. But no, let's get off uh, Star Wars a little bit and talk about a movie that we took in together, which yes, is uh, Iron Man Two. I liked it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I can't think of anything I didn't like about Iron Man. Too. You know, the only thing that I felt was a little bit weak was uh, the final battle with Whiplash. I actually kind of liked it. Did you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> it didn't go on as long as I was yeah. thinking it was going to. And that's, that's where I was going with it. it yeah. It seemed like there wasn't as, as big a climax as what I would have expected. I, I can kind of see that. Um, by the same token, I mean, up until that point, for the last twenty minutes, we saw a lot of action. Him fighting all the little, all the robots, oh, which and, is true, yeah, and uh, and having to get away from uh, War Machine, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it had been a good twenty minutes of that movie, yeah. or maybe fifteen, but enough where it was starting to get a little tedious. It's like, oh, come on, yeah, let's wrap this up already. Um, so I was ready for that part to end. So I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't drag that out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the Dr. Octopus fight. It wasn't, you know, Batman and the Joker fight. I mean, right. it was, he he was no match for the two of them. And right. Stark is so intelligent, they came up with the answer real quick, how to beat him, and they did. Right. Uh, but I thought Mickey Rourke was wonderful in the role. Yes, he did a fantastic whiplash. And, uh... Cheatham coming in as Rodney. Rodney, mm -hmm. um, I thought that was I was I was just fine with that. No, I, I like Cheadle. So I, I have to say though, for me, every scene this guy was in, he stole it. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. No, 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 no. no, no. Come on. When you think of Iron Man two, that whole cast, 
Gary Shandling jumps out. He was just brilliant. And he gets the best line at the end of the movie where he accidentally sticks something. Don't you hate it when you... Something about... Don't you hate it when you're... Isn't it irritating how how much a little prick can bother you or something like that? And you're just like, oh, my God, that's... Mm-hmm. And he was Gary saying he wasn't playing another role. He was playing Gary Shandling. Right. And it was I I love that guy. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. And did you ever watch the Gary Shandling show? Loved it. Oh, loved it. I never figured out why they stopped doing that show. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the best late night show, even though it was a is a faux late night show. It was right. just, it was brilliant. Um, I've got that a bunch of them, by the way. Do you? Yeah. Uh, I I rented from Netflix a couple of years ago. The best of. The Gary, Gary Shandling show, show. Yeah. yeah, and uh, thinking was this as good as I remembered it being, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Real, in fact, it might have been even better. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was perfect in the role, but you're right though. Sam Jackson was also good, right? But you know, it's Sam Jackson, which and he gets to play Nick Fury. So I thought the guy who they got to play his father, I thought that was brilliantly done. Yes, that. He was smarter than the technology of his time allowed him to be. Mm-hmm. And that he really was setting all this up for his son. Right. And, you know, he, he always had these bad memories of his father. But yet he sees this video and realizes that his father was a driven man, just like he is. Exactly. And he set a lot of this in motion for his son. I, I thought it was great. Well, and I, I like the whole reveal that, you know, that his father was really the founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. was basically his idea. Exactly. And I think that really sets up the Avengers movie going forward. Right. Now, of course, if you guys haven't watched Iron Man 2, you're going to get some spoilers here. I probably We probably should have said that at the beginning. But yeah. let's be honest. You're listening to Geekiest Show Over. We just assume that you've seen the big movie of the summer that's superhero so far. Right. Sorry if, you know, we ruined anything for you. Uh, and I do mean that because I hate it when someone ruins something for me. But it's Iron Man two. It's, it's we're not going we're not going to throw out all the great one liners because there were plenty of them in that movie. So. But let's talk about the end because I think that. And if you guys don't want to hear this, fast forward by two minutes. Yes, this is the spoiler that comes after all the credits roll by. Like at the end of the last one, he talks to Thunderbolt Ross who was fighting the Hulk. So, oh, we've got a link between the Hulk and Iron Man now. Mm -hmm. And this one, the guy says, oh, i got to leave. i got to go to New Mexico. I'm thinking something to do with the Hulk. It's the desert. That's that's what I'd assume, too. And because there was a scene in the Hulk where he was down south somewhere. Right. Um, He goes out to the desert. There's this huge crater. And in the middle of the crater, Thor's hammer. Yeah. I really like that. It looked a little cheesy, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um but I liked it. And I'm like, wow, they just established Thor the Thunder God in this universe. Right. How is magic and the Norse gods, how are they going to interact with the mortals? And it really doesn't fit. But yet, it does in the comic books. And yeah. we completely accept it. So there's no reason it can't work in the movies. We also see Captain, uh, at least what I think is probably a prototype of Captain America's shield. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliantly done. Right. So I'm looking forward to both Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, of course, you know, the Black Widow makes her appearance in this movie, too. So. Oh, she was awesome, too. Yeah, she was. I don't, I don't know. So she's hot and all that. Yeah, fine. But 
she was an awesome character. I mean, she really kicked butt. Yeah. I love the fact that, you know, she's taking all these guys out left, right, and center, and Happy Hogan has one guy <laughs> yeah. that he finally beats that takes him five minutes, then he looks yeah, over after and after she's realizes. already taken out everybody in the building. Yeah, he's like, okay, we're, oh, well, <laughs> that was great. I thought that was great. And yeah. she let him do that. She's like, all right, he's got him. I'll take the rest of them. Yeah. I, I thought it was well done. Um, I, I really enjoyed the movie. It's one that I'll buy on Blu-ray. Yep. Um, I haven't got Iron Man yet on Blu-ray, but I will eventually. Mm-hmm. I've got the regular DVD, and I've ripped that onto my iTunes, right. so I can watch it at any time. But I don't know if I like this movie better, the same, or worse than the first Iron Man. What do you think? I am pretty much uh, even on this one. And and I think one of the things that that I think Downey does so well with Tony Stark's character is carries through kind of that that mania that he has. Yes. And, and you know, in the first movie, that mania was more just, I'm a playboy, I'm I'm an inventor, you know, I'm on top of my game. Someone else was running my dad's company. Will I go out and either invent things or screw around? And this one, he's in charge, but, you know, he's losing it as well. Not right. the company, but, you know, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, you don't want to give too much away. But, but, you know, when he's faced with that situation, that sort of mania comes back into the character. Right. And he but yet, doing... he's still the smartest guy in the room. Right. Not just in, scientifically, but in his quips and his humor. Mm-hmm. Like, his, I think some of the best dialogue in the movie comes between him, him and Sam Rockwell playing Justin Hammer. The, the dynamic. Oh, Hammer yeah, wants right. to be Tony Stark. That's who he wants to be. Right. And he can almost taste it. He wants it so bad. Mm-hmm. And he tries and tries and tries. Tony comes in the room within two minutes. It's evident. He can't carry Tony Stark's socks. Right. I mean, Tony owns a race car, so I'm going to drive it. And he see, you see that the, the driver of the race car is ticked off, and he gets yeah. in, and he's going to drive it. And there's Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell. Pl- he played it brilliant, by the way. Which he was fantastic. Is yeah. looking up, holding his drink, looking at the TV. And, eh, of course he's going to drive it. Just like, see? Trying, gosh, yeah, trying to interview, trying to get this interview with the girl. So he could become yeah. the next Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah. And then he looks up and he's like, how do I compete with this yeah. guy? And I just thought it was brilliantly done. I, I really did. I thought it was, I, I like that guy's character. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing that always seems to work well for me in these movies is Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, she's great because you really see that Pepper Potts is the only person that can really keep up with Tony, and and even she can't in this movie a lot, right? Um, what I really liked is there's a pretty large cast of characters in this movie, but every single person in this movie had a role to play that was important. And none of the secondary characters, I think, were short-shifted with no. the script. I mean, they all had good, juicy bits. Mm-hmm. They all delivered. I, I don't think the movie would have been half as good without some of those actors playing those roles as faithfully as they did. Yeah. And um, like you say, Pepper Potts, great role. Nick Fury, kind of the enigmatic. Well, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Enigmatic. Enigmatic. I can't say it today. Enigmatic. <laughs> what hang just saying? Yeah. Um, Nick Fury. I mean, I believed him in that role. Yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is, as, as brilliant as Stark is, there's always this understanding that Fury seems to have more information than he does. He does, and he's not intimidated by Stark at all. Right. That Tony is kind of still playing at being the hero. This guy is the real deal. 
Yeah. He's been to places that Stark can't go mm-hmm. mentally and maybe even physically. Um, and that he doesn't rely on a big suit of armor to, to get the job done for him. Right. I mean, he's, let's say I'm Jackson. He's a badass. Mm-hmm. So you believe the character. Yep. Um, I, I do like that Favreau put himself in the movie. I mean, he was the director, but yet he's also Tony Stark's driver, yeah. Happy Hogan. And he could have come across as the goofy sidekick, but you completely believe him as that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he found, he's he goes after the bad guy in the office building, like we're talking about, and kicks that yeah. guy's butt, but it's a long, grueling fight. Mm-hmm. And you can see that he's proud of himself that he beat this guy finally. And then he looks over and he realizes, oops, you know, not as tough as he thought yeah, he was. And but, she's but the real deal. But there's also the, the, you know, the great scene uh, with with the car race when Whiplash shows oh, up. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's helping his boss. He's helping his friend. Yeah. I mean, the way he keeps backing up and slamming into him. And he's like, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> I, it was great. I yeah. mean, he, he was the comic relief, but not... Not jokey, ha-ha, look at the idiot way. Yeah. In the sincere, I'm trying to help, I'm not Tony Stark, I'm not a superhero, but, hey, I'm here for my, my friend, my boss, yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I, I believed him in the char- as a yeah. character. He was good at it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's the director, too, so the whole thing is him. Yeah. I mean, really. Well, and I, the other thing that I liked is the way they, they wove in Stan Lee's appearance in this movie. Yeah, this time is great. Half- no. No? Larry King. Oh, that's right. It was Larry King, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, wait a minute. When Tony Stark is coming out... Yeah. And he smacks him on the... He's like, there's Larry King, and that was... That oh, was, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That was Stan Lee dressed yeah. up with the suspenders and the... <laughs> yeah. Stan Lee, uh, he's good-natured about it. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be with us too much longer. I mean, the guy's in his 80s already. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's... But you know what? He The, the cool thing... This about, is the, everything he created is real now yeah, for him. Yeah, the cool thing about his life is everything that he did when he was younger, all the things he dreamed 40, about, forty, fifty years ago, are now mainstream. It's, yeah, yeah. I, you know, he, he's got to sit there in a theater to see Iron Man two for the first time, and yeah, he's in it and all. But man, that's got to be just. I mean, that would be like us going and sitting in a movie to watch a movie about. The geekiest show ever. You yeah. know? <laughs> I don't know how that would happen, but yeah, you know, you get my meaning though. No, Just absolutely. Or, or if it was a television show, geekiest show ever, and there's these goofy adventures these guys have, and then they have a radio show that somehow ties into it over the yeah. You know, it'd have to be more exciting than real life. Otherwise, I would hope so. There's Chad <laughs> cutting his lawn and me changing a diaper. Not <laughs> or, a lot of fun. Or our siding project that's coming up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which publicly, let me say, Chad helped me carry in a whole bunch of siding to my back on my back deck. Thank you very much. Cause You're I, welcome. A lot heavier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that was much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, that's just, you know, siding. That's yeah. not going to be too heavy. Whew. Goodness. And unfortunately, it took us half the pile before we realized, oh, let's carry it on our shoulders instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to imagine, though, let's be honest, if we saw that, a television show based on something we created, I think that would be just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, regardless if it's a huge success or not, that would just be unbelievable. And I have to imagine... It's successful, and as long as Stan Lee has been doing this, I bet that doesn't get tiring. Oh, no. I bet it doesn't at all. 
I hope we don't have to do a memorial show for him anytime soon. Well, I hope not. Either. You know, I've always wanted to meet him in person too, mm-hmm. and say, "Man, your characters really your your imagination, Stan, really helped shape me growing up." Yeah. And as an adult, I mean, we talk about comic books. Really, what was his imagination? Yeah. Because that's what it comes down to. So, kudos to Stanley. Yep. So let's wrap this show up. Of course, Guy Sura wasn't with us uh, this week. He's got a wedding or something he had to be at, and. Uh, you know, real life interferes sometimes. That happens. Chad, what do we got on tap from two weeks from now? Do you any ideas? I have nothing. I got nothing, but uh, we got to go see Shrek. Yes, and so do we. Yeah. So Kim and I will probably go see Shrek this weekend. That is that is definitely on her list of movies that she will go to a theater to see. And I can I, get that. And I actually am really looking forward to this final Shrek movie. I think I am too. I think it's really going to be good, and I don't know why. There's just I, well, for one, historically, I didn't think Shrek. You know, Shrek. Two or three. Two or three would be good. And they were. that's the thing about the Shrek movies. I think you, you like to say that, well, when it comes to that genre, really Pixar rules it. Well, you know what? Shrek's pretty damn good. Yeah. And they've done twice as many movies at, to this date anyways as Toy Story. And I think – I don't think they're as good, but they're right up there. Yeah. And uh, they've kept the same characters, you know, Eddie Murphy and – Antonio Banderas, and, uh, I mean, Michael. Yeah, it's it's great characters. It's great writing. I'm looking forward to it as well. And it, yet, it's it is a kids movie, but yeah, it's going to be fun. So that's going to be in two weeks. We'd love it if you guys send us some feedback. It's uh, feedback at mymac.com is the email address. We we hijack that email account occasionally. And if you got a topic you think we should be talking about, looking into or researching, let us know. And we are looking at uh, sometime in the future having some listeners on, kind of a listener invite type of thing. If you guys want to come on and talk about a topic, let us know. We'll squeeze you in the schedule. So uh, get us out of here, Chad. See ya. Prepare to make the jump to light speed. It's They're getting closer. Oh, yeah? Watch this. 